Welcome to Glory Stories with Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn was one of the top eye surgeons in America and has traveled to many countries in the world preaching the Word of God. She also opened up an eye surgery center in Beijing, China, where she did free eye surgery on those in need. Dr. Vaughn will be sharing many of her personal experiences from God. In addition, you will hear of others that have known God in an intimate way and seen His miracle-working power. As you hear about how God has worked in the lives of others, our hope is that you will be changed forever. Get ready for God to heal you, deliver you, and transform your life as you sit back and enjoy these glory stories. Hello and welcome to Glory Stories. We're going to talk about a very famous man of God today named John G. Lake. Uh, <clears throat> you probably don't know this, but he was born into a family of 16 children. He really had kind of a sad and traumatic young manhood and childhood because out of the members of his family, like eight of them died. Out of the 16 siblings, eight of them died of diseases. And for 32 years, there was someone in the family, in the household, that was an invalid. Well, he had, he had a brother that had been an invalid for 22 years, and he was really uh, dying of blood that was going out of his kidney, and they didn't, they didn't know what to do about it. So he was an invalid for 22 years. His father had spent all the money that he had on trying to, to find some cure for this and taking the the young man everywhere, and nobody could seem to figure out any kind of solution. Finally, they took him to a healing home. That's what they called it, a healing home, where prayer could be offered for the young man, and hands would be laid on him in the name of Jesus Christ, and prayer would be made for him. They took him to that healing home, and those people believed in the Word of God. One of the things that Jesus told us, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with other tongues, and one of the things, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what Jesus said. So these people in this healing home believe that. They, could lay, they laid hands on him, they prayed a prayer of faith, and the young man received instant healing after being an invalid for 22 years. Well, they also had a sister that had had breast, or had breast cancer, and she was in a terminal state. She'd had five five surgeries done for this breast cancer. She still had a large black tumor and four or five other smaller tumors, and they couldn't do anything more for her. They had told her that she just might as well go home and die. So they took the sister to this healing home, and, and they had to take her there on a stretcher because she couldn't even walk. She was, she was terminally ill. So they took her on a stretcher. She listened to the, to the people preaching about Jesus, she listened to the preaching about, uh, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Isaiah 53, 5 says that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24 says by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. And she, she received those healing scriptures into herself, and, and her hope was, was elevated that Jesus would do something for her. So when it could, could, took time and they laid hands on her, they prayed the prayer of faith, and she was anxious to receive what Jesus had for her, so she received her healing. And a few days after that, uh, this one big black cancer just fell off of her, and the smaller ones disappeared, and she was totally and absolutely healed of the incurable breast cancer. Well, they had a third sister that had an issue of blood, and she'd had it for a long time, 
And one day they called him and they said, if you want to see your sister alive, you better come over here right away. By the time they got over to the sister's house, she was a married woman already gone from home. By the time they got to the sister's house, she was already dead. And here's her husband standing at the foot of her bed, looking at his dead wife. Their baby is over in a crib by the side of the bed. And John G. Lake looks at that, and he really gets, he really gets mad. <laughs> he gets mad at the devil. And he calls and telegraphs and calls a few of his friends, and he says, you know, put your faith with mine, and I'm going to pray for my sister. Believe God with me that God will raise her from the dead. So the ones that he'd called, plus John G. Lake, and he, he rebuked the deadness that was in his sister in the name of Jesus and asked God to heal her and raise her up. And sure enough, she came right back to life again by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the, so he saw, he saw then the power of God. And, you know, not only were his siblings dying and God raised them up, but his wife was also in a terminal state. She had heart disease. She had tuberculosis. She'd had these things for a number of years, and her, her, her health was failing and failing and failing. And now she was on, on the deathbed herself. And, and uh, a, a, a fellow minister came to see his wife, and the minister told John G. Lake, he said, just, just give it up, brother. Just, just let her go. She's going to die. That's what the minister told John G. Lake. And John G. Lake, you know, he was really offended by that. He thought that that was just a, an offense to God to, to say, just let her go, let her die, and not to even give God an opportunity to raise her, raise her up. So what he did, he went home, he threw his Bible down on the tabletop, and it opened, the Bible automatically opened to a scripture. It's Acts 10.38, and it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Well, it was like a revelation to him because the scripture said Jesus went around doing good and healing everybody. And then it turns around and says that Satan was the one who caused the illness and the oppression on the people. So it dawns on him that that's the reason Jesus, one of the primary reasons Jesus was sent was to, to get rid of sickness and disease. That's what Jesus was trying to do. Meanwhile, the devil, Satan, was trying to put sickness and disease on the people. And he went to another scripture, which I'm going to read for you. <clears throat> he went to both of these scriptures. Uh, the, the first one I just told you was one that his Bible just fell open to that, but then he remembered this one and started reading this one. <clears throat> this is out of Luke, the 13th chapter. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had, had been crippled by an evil spirit. She'd been bent double for 18 years and was un, unable to stand straight. Now, did you hear what I just read? That she'd been crippled by an evil spirit. Other, other versions, I'm reading to you out of New Living Translation. King James says, a spirit of infirmity, and amplified says, a demon of sickness. But uh, w without a doubt, it's these demons or evil spirits or spirit of infirmity, whatever you want to call it, it's a, it's a demon from hell. In other words, Satan was the cause of this woman being bent double for 18 years. 
Okay, so when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised and thanked God. So after 18 years of being bent double, I've seen patients like that before, and they really do. They, the top of their body, I, I had a, a man, and the top of his body was bent at a 90-degree angle from the rest of his body, and it, 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 it's debilitating. <clears throat> you can imagine you sit down and your, your face is toward the floor. You, you, you know, it's a terrible thing. So then the ruler of the synagogue got very angry with, with Jesus because he healed on the Sabbath day. And so Jesus says, you hypocrite, you work on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox and your donkey from the stalls on the Sabbath and leave them out for water? Wasn't it necessary for me, even on the Sabbath day, to free this dear woman from the bondage in which Satan had bound her for 18 years? So, you know, John G. Lake read that and read the, what I just told you a minute ago <clears throat> out of Acts 10.38, and he realized that it was extremely clear from the Word of God that the illness in everybody including his wife that was on the deathbed, that those illnesses came from Satan and it made, him, it made him really mad that Satan had already killed eight of his siblings already. And it also made him mad that the, the church that he was in had taught them diligently that the day of miracles had passed away, when obviously that's not true. He said that the devil had prompted the church to teach that false doctrine that miracles had passed away. Listen, Jesus Christ is still here today and the same today as he was when he healed that woman right there that was bent double for 18 years. Jesus Christ is just the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. Miracles haven't gone away. Jesus is alive today. He's alive today. Just because you can't see him with your eyes doesn't mean he's not alive. He is very alive. He is very well, and he can heal whoever calls upon the name of Jesus. It's a fact. I've seen it in my own life. I've told you glory stories about people that I've personally seen that Jesus has healed in this day and time. So if you need something from Jesus, don't hesitate to call out to him. He is a God of miracles. He is alive. He's right there where you are, and he would be happy for you to call out to him. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. So John, John G. Lake saw that, and so he's he, he, he calls those same people on the phone and telegraphs them, and he says, tomorrow morning at 9.30, would you please join me? I'm going to pray for my wife to be healed. And so those people got their telegrams and telephone calls. They joined him at 9.30 next morning. John G. Lake kneeled at the bedside of his dying wife, and he, he laid hands on her, and he asked God to, to get rid of all of her illness and disease and to raise her up. And suddenly... Her heart started beating right, whereas she, before she'd had such heart irregularities that she'd pass out. She'd pass out on the floor. She'd pass out on the bed. Wherever she, she'd just pass out because her heart stopped beating. But now her heart start, stopped, started beating correctly. The tuberculosis in her lungs was gone. She starts breathing normally. The paralysis that she had, had went away. And, and, and suddenly she just threw the bed sheets off of her. She was in the bed. She threw the bed sheets off. She jumped up out of the bed, and she, and she starts shouting, I'm, I'm healed. Praise God. I'm healed. I'm healed. 
Well, the news that his wife was healed started spreading far and wide, and actually people started coming from all around America just to come to their home for them to lay hands on their sick people and be healed. So he, it, it really changed his life. He was a very affluent man. He did very, very well in business, John G. Lake did. But he, when he saw this healing power of God and how real God was, he quit his job and he joined another man in the ministry named Tom and they started having meetings and he saw God save people, he saw God heal people, he saw God deliver people, he saw God baptize people in the Holy Ghost and he decided that that's what he wanted to do the rest of his life was to serve God. So he, he actually he sold everything that he had, and he had nice things. He had a nice home and all the nice furnishings. He sold everything that he owned, and he gave it all away in a way that he felt would, would, would honor the kingdom of God. And he decided from this time forward, I'm going to live by faith in Jesus Christ, not in faith in any monetary goods that I have, any, any possessions that I have in the world. I'm, I'm, he, in other words, he forced himself on purpose into a position where he would have to rely on Jesus Christ 100% for everything all the time. Now, he and his ministry partner, Tom, well, he got a word from God that in the spring, God was going to send me to Africa. So he and his, his ministry partner, Tom, start praying about this. When about February rolled around, Tom came to him and he said, how much is it going to cost for us to go to Africa? Because Tom and his family, plus John G. Lake and his family, were going to go, those families, together to Africa. He said, how much is it going to cost? John G. Lake said, it's going to cost $2,000, which right now seems like a small amount to take all of those people to Africa. But that back then, that was an enormous amount of money. And so Tom said, okay, I'll pray about it. They prayed about it together. And Tom prayed about it, and, Tom, and the Lord told Tom, he said, within four days, I'm going to give you $2,000. Pretty bold. But that's what God told Tom. So Tom came back to John G. Lake, and he said, okay, we're going to have $2,000 within four days. That's what God told me. Four days later, Tom comes in. He throws something down on the table, and he said, I just received this from the mail. He said, there was a man in California who chooses to be anonymous, this man, he was at the bank. The man was at the bank, and God spoke to, the to, him, spoke to him at the bank and said, I want you to take out four $5,000 pieces of, you know, I don't know what they had back then, but money. It was worth $500 a piece, four of those, and send it to Tom. So he did. He sent it to Tom. So Tom goes to the post office, and there he has $2,000 in the post office that day on the fourth day. So now they have their $2,000 to go to Africa. Well, so John G. Lake goes down and he buys passage for all of those people to go to Africa with the $2,000. And when he finishes that, remember, he's given away everything he has, all of his money, everything, everything, everything. When he pays the $2,000, he has $1.50 left to his name, to his name. That's how many... That's what he has, $1.50. Now, the whole sequence of events from there, I'm going to kind of read some of this to you because it is so phenomenal. I don't want to miss any monetary details here, but remember, he's starting off with $1.50. Okay. 
he had decided, and this was a, this was a comment of his <clears throat> that I think is priceless, and I, I kind of cling to this myself because he said, I am through forever. Listen to this. I am through forever with everything in life but proclaiming and demonstration, the proclamation and the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read it to you. I'm through forever with everything in life but the proclamation and the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I think that that's <clears throat> such a pertinent statement that John G. Lake made, and that, that was what he decided for the rest of his life. But you see, you could go to lots of places, and you could probably hear the declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But how many places do you know that you can go and see the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ? What does he mean, the demonstration? He's talking about the power feats that God does today, the power feats of Jesus Christ. How many places do you know where you can go and get healed? Do you know you'll go there and get healed? You know that you can go be delivered of alcoholism. You can be uh, delivered of drug addiction. You can be delivered of pornographic addiction. Any addiction you have, you can go there and be delivered. How many places do you know that? How many places do you know you can go and get the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Not many. And that's what he's talking about that he's forever through with everything else in life except the proclamation and the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To me, that's a very profound statement, and I, I, I'm, I'm taking that on myself for my life, too, and I hope that many of you also do the same. If you're a Christian today, you should take this on as a goal for the rest of your life. If you're not a Christian today, this is a good time for you to get straightened out with God and the way you do it is you, you repent. The word repent means that you go to the Lord and you say, you know, I'm sorry for the way that I've been living. And I, I, I ask you to forgive me. Wipe me clean in the blood of Jesus. Forgive me. Give me a brand new start. And I, want, I take Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior of my life. And I want to serve you with the rest of my life. And then you are a Christian. He's so glad to take you. He takes you into his arms and he holds you from then on. You're his child. He takes care of you. He provides for you. He protects you. He talks with you. He loves you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. So you can do that in a moment's time. So then you are a Christian. So now if you're a Christian, start doing this. Take forever. The, what you want to do is the, the declaration and the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ the rest of your life. Okay, so here we are. He's paid $2,000 for voyage to, or transportation and voyage to Africa. And he now has $1.50 left. Okay, he knows that he's going to need a whole lot more than that, and so he's relying on God to supply it. Uh, as the train, he, the, the group gets on a train to start going to the east coast of America where they can then get a ship and go to Africa. So they get on the train, and as they get on the train, one of his former employees comes and throws in $2, $2. So now John G. Lake has $3.50 to start this voyage, start this trip. Okay, so the, he has along with him a young lady named Winnie who worked for him, and, and they were going to take Winnie on the train as far as Detroit. When they get to Detroit, then... He needs $10 to pay Winnie's train fare from Detroit to wherever she's going, which he didn't have $10. So 
You know what he and his wife usually did? They always did this, actually. They would take whatever need that they had, they would take it to God. They wouldn't tell anybody else about the need. They would just simply take it to the Lord and trust him to supply their need. So when they get to Detroit, some of Lake's family members were there and come to the train to meet him. And, and John Lake's younger brother was there and he takes him aside and he puts, he puts something in John's pocket and, and blesses him with it. And John G. Lake looks at what it is, a $10 bill. So he takes the $10 bill, which is exactly what he needed. He needed $10 to buy Winnie's train fare. He takes it and buys her train fare. And so Winnie goes on. So he still has now $3.50 to start the rest of this trip to Africa. Can you imagine this? He, he has seven children and a, and a wife and himself. That's nine people. And he has $3.50. Ugh. Amazing. I just want you to see how amazing this is. So, <clears throat> when they arrive at the ship, oh no, one other thing. On the train, he spent some money to buy beans and some other food for his children, for his family. When he did that, he had a dollar and 25 cents left. <clears throat> so, when they reach the ship, or where the ship's going to be in London, he has a dollar and 25 cents. Okay. So, the, the day before the ship was going to leave, I don't know how this works exactly, but he gave 50 cents of it to what he says is the table steward and 50 cents to the bedroom steward. And so, when he arrived in England, all he had left was 25 cents. 25 cents. Do you understand the man has 25 cents? seven children and a wife and himself to take care of. So his wife comes to him and she says, John, we have a lot of laundry. You can imagine the laundry they had, all those kids. She says, we have laundry to do. What should I, what should I do about the laundry? He says, well, just go on and send it out to, to the laundry and we'll, we'll believe God for whatever it costs to pay for the laundry because all he has is 25 cents. So she takes it to the laundry and the night before they leave on the final ship, the night before, she, she's thinking about the laundry. She knows John does not have the money to pay for the laundry, so she prays herself, by herself, and she asks the Lord to supply the need. She's, and so the Lord prompts her to go to the laundry and find out how much it's going to cost. So she goes. The laundry says it's going to be a dollar and 65 cents. All John has is 25 cents. The laundry is going to be a dollar and 65 cents. So she said, okay. So she starts walking back to the hotel where they were staying. On the way back, a man on the street, a stranger on the street stops her and he says, excuse me, ma'am, but I just feel like I should give you this. And he gives her a lot of change, some change. So she takes the change in her hand. She takes it back to the laundry. She starts counting out the change the man had given her. Guess how much? I know you can guess. A dollar 65 cents in change. So she pays the laundry. She takes the laundry back to the hotel, and now they leave the next morning on the boat. So that night, she tells, she tells her husband, she says, John, what, what are you, what are you going to do about the laundry? He says, oh, my goodness, I forgot all about the laundry. She says, well, don't worry about it. God's taking care of it already. <laughs> That's the kind of wife you want, isn't it, guys? <laughs> she takes care of those kind of things. When you forget all about it, she still takes care of it. <laughs> I think it's a fabulous story. Okay, so now... The next morning, they board their ship for South Africa. 
He has 25 cents. Remember, <laughs> he has 25 cents. So they stop at the Canary Islands on the way to Africa, and he takes the 25 cents he has left, and he buys some fruit for his children. Now he has nothing left, zero, <laughs> zero. He has zero. And he knows that when he gets to Cape Town, South Africa, they are going to require of him to show that he has $125 in order to get an entry permit to come into the country. He has to prove to them that he has $125. When he has zero, he has zero. So his wife says, well, John, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He says, well, I'm going to go get in the line and, you know, I'm going to go get in the line of everybody else paying their $125 and, and uh, you know, I'm just going to go get in the line and see what God will do. He says, we've trusted him this far. He's never let us down this far. So we'll just trust him to take care of this. So he goes and stands in the line with all the other men and, and one of the other passengers on the, on the, on the boat, they, they, he comes up, he taps John on the shoulder. He says, could I speak to you a minute? So he takes him over to the, you know, the rail on the, on the ship. And he said, could you tell me a little bit about what you're doing? And so John G. Lake tells him that they're missionaries going to Africa and tells him a little about the ministry. And the man says, here, I just really feel like giving this to you. He gave John G. Lake $200. So now he has the 125 to show the people that he has the money and he can get tickets to disembark off the, off the, the boat. Now listen to this. This is so astounding to me. Here he is. He's come all this way with his big family. He has no place for them to stay when they get to South Africa and they do not know anybody. It's not like they have a mission board sending them there or, you know, people supporting them from home and they're going to get all this money every month. They have, they have nobody supporting them. They have, they have no mission board supporting them. They've gone just by faith because God said he was going to send them there. So, he, so now he, they, they get off the boat and he has no place for his family to go, no transportation, no home, no nothing. And so this woman... They see an American woman scurrying around there on the dock area. And this woman comes up and she speaks to Tom, his, his ministry partner. And she said, are you American missionary that, that's come here to Africa? Yes. Yes, ma'am, I am. Well, how many members do you have in your family? He says, well, there's four of us. She said, is there anybody else in your, in your group with you? Yes, there's, uh, there's another man. Uh, John G. Lake is with me and he's right over there. So she goes over to him. Uh, and, and she says, uh, how many are in your party? He said, well, I have nine children, uh, seven children and my wife and I. So there's nine of us in our party. She says, you're the ones that I'm looking for. She said, last night, the Lord told me to come to this dock today and that there would be an American missionary that he had sent to Africa. And, I, and that missionary was going to be nine people in his party, he and his wife and, and seven children. And, and the Lord told me to find you, nine members in your party, and to give my house to you to live in. So she gave her house to John G. Lake and his family. And by, that, by evening that night, they were in their own home, already furnished with everything they needed and they didn't have they had remember they had they came with with nothing just trusting in God well you know 
there's so much more to John G. Lake's life, and I just don't have time to tell you any more right now, so I'm going to have to tell you the rest later. But many, many miracles filled the man's life, many healing miracles. And uh, he spent the rest of his life in Africa and in America heal, watching God heal people of all kinds of diseases, saving their souls, baptizing with the Holy Spirit. This is a life that all of us should emulate, to walk by faith, not by sight, but 100% of your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a challenge for me today. That's a challenge for you today. The Lord would like for you to pick up the challenge. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Well, I'll tell you more later. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed these stories of the glory of God. We believe that each story we tell will help build your faith and help to bring a miracle into your life. For more information about this program and Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn, visit her website at godsinstrument.com, her YouTube channel at Glory Stories Now, or write her at Elizabeth Vaughn Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 454, Argyle, Texas, 76226, USA.